Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the People Project Podcast. I am your host, Kelsey Klein, and each week I will be bringing you episodes on different topics that affect us all in different ways. As you know, I created this podcast to talk about people because everyone has a story worthy of being told. Last week, I was joined by my husband, Derek, and we talked all about his life on the road, our marriage, trust, and communication. This week's episode will be on communication in the digital age, and you'll be mostly hearing from me, but I will be joined later by the social media queen herself, Samantha Fong, to discuss her point of view. So, I want to start out this episode with some honesty because I feel like I would be doing myself and anybody who listens to this a huge disservice if I just like started this episode without saying anything. So, this week, like mental health wise, has been rough for me. And I'm not going to get into all the details on here or anything, but I don't know. It was like a combination of like what I call good brain days and bad brain days. And it was just like a big roller coaster. But you know what? That's okay. I'm here. I'm surviving. Not necessarily thriving every day, but taking life one day at a time because sometimes that's all you can do. And like Allie said previously, Sometimes it's the little things that just get us through each day. And I'm really excited about this week's episode. So moving on, social media. So it doesn't matter who you are. You have either at least one social media account, if not more, or you're definitely at least like familiar with social media, whether it's Facebook or Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, whatever. We all know about it. So um, last year, I watched the documentary, The Social Dilemma, on Netflix, and it goes in depth to talk about how the core design of social media is um, to nurture addiction, manipulate people, spread misinformation, all that great stuff. (laughs) Um, So one look at 2020, and I think we can all say that some, if not all of that, is true. And there's been a whole lot of social, political, and cultural consequences of the things that people saw on social media. And if you don't believe me and you need examples, that's fine. Reach out to me. They're abundant. Happy to send you some. Um, But in addition to that, it's having a big effect on people's health, like their physical health, mental health, all of it. So the documentary explains how... An extended amount of media consumption can like slowly have a whole lot of negative impacts on individuals. So here's some statistical examples that they gave. A 62% increase in hospitalizations for American females aged 15 to 19 and a 189% increase in females aged 10 to 14 due to self-harm beginning in 2010 to 2011 and a 70% increase in suicide for females ages 15 to 19 and a 151% increase in females ages 10 to 14 beginning when social media was first introduced in 2009. So technology's promise to keep us connected has also allowed for a ton of unintended consequences that are starting to catch up to all of us. So if we can't address the broken information ecosystem, we'll never be able to address the challenges that we're all facing. So according to the documentary, quote, algorithms promote content that sparks outrage, hate, and amplifies biases within the data that we feed them. So we are all trying to live up to an image and an expectation. And the reality is that we will never 
be or feel good enough if social media is like our measuring stick for our self-worth. And outside of just the algorithms and the issues that that creates, let's talk about the other problems that exist. How many of you or how many of us have fallen victim to cyberbullying? I mean, there's absolutely nothing fun about people creating fake accounts just to say mean things to you or making posts with captions targeted directly at you with the intention of hurting you, subtweets, etc. Also, this is a PSA to stop checking someone's account that is unhealthy for you. The mute and or block button can be an amazing thing. If it's not benefiting you in any way or even worse, it's like completely detrimental to you remove it. Trust me, I'm speaking from experience here. It feels really great and you'll be all the better for it. So all of these negative things said, right? Where do we go from here? Well, just like with anything, I think it's all about understanding our social media intake and balance. So there's nothing wrong with having a presence online or having online friendships. That can be awesome as long as you go about things in a healthy way. But it's up to you to determine that. We can talk about like social media companies and their algorithms until the freaking cows come home, but we aren't robots. We have control over what we choose to consume or not consume. So we can't just strictly solely blame these companies for what they're doing because we have the ability to turn it off. But what about the other side of social media? The good side, the positive side. Well, first and foremost, because of social media and technological advances in communication, no one is really that far away anymore. So proximity no longer puts boundaries on friendships or relationships because we have the technological ability to keep in touch in so many different ways. So As I was doing my research for this episode, I spoke with several of you over the last few days and I asked some questions regarding social media, communication, and friendships. And it's always so interesting to me the responses that I get and how they almost always end up not being what I expected. So let's dig into that. All right, so the first question I asked was, what positive things in your life have you gained from social media? And for me personally, I mean, I've I've met a lot of really great friends via social media, whether it be Twitter, Instagram, whatever. And I've also been able to keep in touch with people that I don't necessarily live in the same place as. And you'll hear a little bit later when I talk to Samantha, but we met in college when I was at the University of Memphis, but then she moved away, then she moved back, then I moved away, all this stuff. And we've been able to, over the last 12 years, keep in touch because of social media. And so that's, that's been really cool. And then just, I mean, as you've heard me and Allie talk about, you heard me and Liz talk about, you know, being able to keep in touch and make friends via the internet, people that like, you know, now are a big part of my life. It's really special. And it's not just Liz and Allie, you know, the more we, the more I go on and do this podcast and have more people on, I'm going to have more of them on. And there's, some of the most special people in my life I've met via the internet. And that used to be super taboo and super weird. And I'm sure somebody's going to listen to this and be like, what a weirdo. But that's fine. Like, that's your opinion and you're entitled to it. This is this is my life and this is what I've got going on. And I think it's really cool and special. And so did a lot of the people that I interviewed. So a lot of people have talked about um, 
the sense of community that you can find through social media and that it's easier to find people via social media um, that have similar interests and ideas and thoughts and stuff like that because it's easier to kind of find your niche. You know, if you are a fan of the Challenge TV show on MTV, right, you can easily find that community of people who like the same thing and there's Facebook groups for it and there's hashtags on Twitter for it, whatever. It's easy to find that group. Same thing for other TV shows or fans of the same sports team, all that kind of stuff. It's easy to find your little like internet niche. And again, Samantha is going to talk about a little bit later, but like she, she's a huge fan of One Direction and she found a community of people that also enjoy One Direction and built a community around that. It's pretty cool. And so a lot of people said, you know, that they gained friends that really became family that was completely unexpected. I mean, nobody like goes on the internet and is like, I'm going to seek out friendships today and blah, 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 because that's not, that's not how you make friends. You know, friendships, they take time and people aren't static. We're always changing. We're always developing. And you have to have an intention, a two-sided intention to become friends. If I'm like, I want to be your friend. And this person is like, I don't really like, you're not really my vibe. Like, that's cool. We're not going to be friends because you can't force friendship on people. You can try. It's not going to work out. Um, But another thing that's cool is it gives you the opportunity to be connected with people, not just like outside of your town, outside of your state, but like all over the world. And, you know, like I've, I know people that live in Mexico, that live in London, that live like all over the place. And it's really neat because it doesn't feel like they live, you know, on the other side of the world, right? It feels like I'm just as close to them as anybody else. And so it's just, it's, it's pretty cool. And like one of the people that I was talking to, they, they met some of their best friends on social media and they said that that's not what they expected. Like, but she can't imagine her life now without the friends that she's made from social media, from Twitter specifically. And Also, another thing that was mentioned is knowledge gained from social media. And, you know, of course, we're not supposed to believe everything we read on the internet, but based on what people are posting, it opens up conversations. It opens up opportunities for you to learn from people that are from a different background than you. I talked about this a little bit in the perception versus reality episode because it gives you, and a little bit with Allie, I think too, it gives you the opportunity to meet people and discuss with people outside of your normal social circle. So it's, it's really awesome. But, um, but it's just, it's really special to build a community with people who are like-minded and have the same random interests that you do that you think, oh, nobody else likes this stuff. They're out there. They're probably on the internet. Make some friends for it. It's pretty cool. So the next question was, what negatives have been created in your life because of social media. And I touched on that a little bit earlier. Um, just, you know, the, the cyberbullying situation and, um, you know, people just not necessarily being nice and drama with family members, things like that. Because no matter who you are, sometimes people that you love decide that it's a good idea to put things on the internet that you should maybe just like keep inside your head. You don't have to put everything into a Facebook status. You don't have to tweet everything that you think. Some people maybe need to utilize a little bit more self-control, but 
That's okay. We can't control people. Again, great utilization of the mute button. Um, But so many people that I interviewed talked about that a lot of the negatives that they've seen have been because of people getting worked up about things that they see. And maybe they're the ones that got worked up. Maybe it's somebody like in their family they see get worked up, but it's hard not to. And, you know, people are getting on social media and trying to sway people to one side or the other or whatever. Believe what I believe. Don't believe what they believe. They're wrong. I'm right. Whatever. And a lot of times it's easy to just like kind of pick a side based on who's yelling the loudest instead of taking a step back and saying, okay, what do I, like, what is my truth? Like, what do I believe? And maybe it's all the way on one side. Maybe it's all the way on the other. Or maybe you're split down the middle and agree with a little bit on either side. That's fine too. But I encourage you to, instead of just like seeing somebody say something and being like, oh, well, I guess that makes sense. Do your own research. Dig in. The internet is vast and wide and there's so much information out there. So dig into it. And um, another person said, spoiler anxiety is a negative that was created in their life because of social media. And I get that, you know, like um, so many people are like live tweeting episodes of TV and stuff. And, you know, if you can't watch it live, you've got to like avoid social media. And maybe you get like a little bit of FOMO and you're like, I don't know anything that's going on on social media because... I'm having to avoid it because I can't watch this episode until later and I don't want anything to be spoiled for me. So, you know, like little thing, but you know, it's, it's still a thing. Spoilers, spoilers are still a thing. Um, and also it can be, it can cause a little bit of procrastination, um, was another common denominator and, um, a distraction. You just kind of find yourself blindly scrolling and, you know, not really doing anything and, you know, like, Maybe you're sitting at work and you took a break for a minute to like get on social media and then all of a sudden this huge chunk of time has gone by and you're just scrolling through Facebook or Twitter or whatever. So I think, again, utilizing some self-control and knowing when to like stop scrolling and like when to like close out of that tab or close that app is really helpful. So the next question was to you, what makes or defines a friendship? And Um, When I was doing some research, I found this quote, and I thought it was interesting. It says, for a relationship to count as a friendship, several factors must be present. There must be mutual affinity, mutual respect, and reciprocity. The most basic purpose of a friendship is to provide support, similar to family relationships in the best of circumstances. However, friendships are unique in that they are totally voluntary relationships, like I said earlier. You can't make a person like you or want to socially engage with you if they have no interest in doing so. Doing so, The three most common motivating factors for friendship development include shared interests, shared activities, or proximity. However, we also tend to subconsciously measure the potential value or appropriateness of a new friend by things such as their appearance, their status, their values, and their similarity to us. So, what did the interviewees say? So, a lot of people said it's kind of it's kind of open-ended. It's a lot of common interests, genuinely caring about each other, people that you enjoy speaking to, you look forward to hearing from. Um, but there has to be something that like you can just like click on. It's not just random and out of nowhere. Um, but 
Also, it's people that you know are in your corner, that you know have your back, that you know are making an effort in this friendship. You know, like the people that I consider my close friends are people that I know I can pick up the phone, I can call, I can, you know, know that if I'm having a hard time, they're going to be there for me and they're going to support me, you know. And that's the kind of people that you need in your corner. That's the definition of a friend is just somebody that you know is loyal, that's honest, that's you know is going to communicate with you and but there's also different levels of friendship. You know, there's kind of surface level friendship, people you talk to every now and then, um but maybe that you don't just like have these deep conversations with. Um but one of the people that I spoke with said, you know, how deep a friendship is depends on how far beyond conversations go from what attached us in the first place. And it could be a subject or it can be that you became friends because you sat next to each other in high school. And so, you know, it just kind of depends on that level of connection and how you want to nurture that. And so that leads into the next question, which was how important is communication in the digital age? And like I've been saying this whole time, it's crucial to be able to communicate with your friends, to be able to say, you know, like, hey, this is something that happened. Let's connect with each other. And, you know, when things are online, when you're just reading words, it's so easy to for things to be left open to interpretation. And it's, um, it's a good way for us to hone our communication skills, but it also creates a lot of challenges and a lot of um, misinterpretation um, because, you know, you can't read sarcasm or dry humor or anything like that via text message. I mean, maybe you can. Um, if you can, please send me a message after that you listen to this because I would like help uh, learning about that. Um, but in general, I think it's it's important in the digital age, but to, but it's always been important. Any relationship you care about, whether it's a marriage, whether it's a dating relationship, a friendship, a family relationship, Communication is important because if you don't communicate, like me and Derek talked about last week, all sorts of issues can come up. So another thing I talked about um, with everyone was how to kind of bring those online friendships into like the face-to-face world. Um, And really we saw this even with our like in-person close proximity friendships last year, you know, when we couldn't go out and see people um, is how important, you know, face to face connection is, um, in like an online friendship, because I think, and a lot of the people that I spoke to said this as well, it's important to an extent, but it's not like the core importance of the friendship, but it does show, you know, it does kind of like help put the friendship on like another level. You know, if you, I mean, there's some people that you, you talk to on social media that you talk to even in real life and like, but you don't have the desire to really like hang out with them or like have quality time with them. Right. But then you've got your friends that, you know, you're like, Hey, can we, you know, schedule a time to like FaceTime or like you just pick up the phone and call them or whatever. And I think especially friendships that, you know, were born on the internet. I think that's really important because humans thrive off of face-to-face interaction and you know like I said earlier when talking about 
communication in the digital age, it's really easy to misinterpret what people are saying. And, you know, but there's just something special about like seeing someone's body language, seeing someone's facial reactions to, you know, to the things that you say. And so I think that shows a lot of intention in the friendship. If, you know, you do have, you know, Zoom hangouts, you do FaceTime with them, you do pick up the phone and call them, or your friends that you live down the road from, y'all get together, you know, at least once a month for dinner and margaritas, because those are important. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I think connection shows intention, and intention is really key to a sustainable friendship. So another thing um, in the book club that I talked about previously um, that I joined at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, The first book we read was called, I'm pretty sure it was the first book we read, was called Digital Minimalism. It's by Cal Newport. And in it, he talks about that our phones and our apps are designed to be attention suckers and addicting. And so with that addiction breeds anxiety from social media, like those things kind of go hand in hand. And if we try to fill all of like what he called the in-between time, um, you know, you're waiting in line at the store, you're on your commute, you know, if you use public transportation to commute, you know, or you're riding in the passenger seat in a car, whatever, if you try to fill like that in-between time with your phone, with social media, all that stuff, like it limits your ability to be alone with your own thoughts, which sometimes that may be your intention. (laughs) Um, But if you don't have that mental space, then you're not having a lot of personal growth because you're limiting your deep thinking. And so you end up with a, quote, fragmented, unsatisfied life, as Cal Newport says. And he also says that social media is a terrible substitute for actual friendship And he defines it as, with research to back him up, a bond fostered through real human interaction, including phone calls, but not just text messages. So that goes back to how important face-to-face connection is in online friendship, and even real-life friendship is keep up with people via text, sure. Keep up with them on social media, sure. But, like, pick up the phone and call them. Go down the road and hang out with them. Go to dinner together. Whatever. There are friends that we're going to have for life, and there's others that are going to come and go. So, but here's the thing. I, I've talked a lot about social media in this episode, but this isn't just with social media. You know, this is communication in the digital age. So that's social media, that's text messages, that's whatever else I might not possibly be thinking of. And so, like, I mean, I can't tell you how many tweets or memes or whatever I see that say things like, oh, he's online, but he won't text me back or whatever. And I mean, how many times have have any of us ever activated our own anxiety by not getting a text back? And then you see that person online, they're active, they're interacting with other people, whatever, and you end up getting your feelings hurt. And then they text you and you want to be all petty and be like, I'm not going to talk to them because they didn't text me back. But that's not happening. You're going to text them back almost immediately. It's fine, though. But it's a vicious cycle. And what so much of it comes down to is, like we've been saying, communication with each other and consideration for each other. Like, if you send somebody, like, a 
huge paragraph text message and they don't respond for like six hours and then they never acknowledge what you say and are just like, they start a whole new conversation. Like it's frustrating. It's, it can feel really invalidating. And then it makes you think like, does this person care to even speak to me in the first place? But if you find yourself in that type of situation, think to yourself, what's the problem here? Is it me or is it them? Because if you don't communicate that something's bothering you or that they've done something to hurt your feelings or that there's an issue, how can you expect that other person to know? And the only thing you can really control is yourself. So be mindful that maybe that other person is going through something. Maybe they're really busy or maybe they just forgot to hit send. And it's not always the most dramatic, worst case they hate me and don't want to be my friend scenario. But I understand. I go to that place in my brain sometimes too. Like, it's okay. But I just say all of that to say that you are worth so much more than the number of followers you have on social media, the number of likes on your posts or your pictures, or how quickly somebody texts you back, or even if they ever do. Because if someone doesn't see your value... That does not make it decrease. So on that note, (laughs) I'm going to take a little break. And when I come back, I will be joined by my friend Samantha to talk about her experiences with social media and communication in the digital age. All right, so now I am joined by my friend, Samantha Fong. Hi. Hi. Okay, so I know you go by Sam now, too. So do you want to be Sam or Samantha? Just call me what you want to call me. I leave it up to the people who know me because you never call me that. Right, like it freaks my brain out. I'm like, it's Samantha. Like, who is Sam? Who's she? (laughs) So, but I'm sure there's people that like know you like, yeah, I leave it up to people, like how they know me and what they want to call me. Yeah. Which I think people think it's super weird, but I'm just like, I don't know. Like people normally just call me like Samantha or Fong, and right. then people like use Fong now. So I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> well, <laughs> I just I wanted to make sure. So I'm going to call you Samantha because if I start calling you Sam, I'm not going to know who I'm talking to, and it's going to freak <laughs> my brain out. Um, so thank you very much for taking time out of your. Your, I guess, kind of semi-vacation that you're on to talk to me. I would take time out of any day to talk to you, Kelsey. Oh my please. gosh, you're the best. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, so I guess to kind of get everything started, if you want to tell everybody um, where you're from, what you do, kind of a little little intro on who Samantha Fong is. Okay. Yeah. So I met Kelsey and I'm from Memphis originally. But I live in Los Angeles. I work in sales primarily, um, like account management type jobs, as well as run a social media account for a period equity company. Um, a little background about me is that, I don't know, Kelsey and I met like in 2009, but she moved away like shortly after we became friends. So I guess like the reason why we're here is because social media and just like communicating in the digital age has been like a big part about our friendship and why it stayed so like tight I think for the last however many years what like 2009 like yeah so like I don't know quick math a long time yeah 12 years 12 years yeah wow (laughs) wow we're old oh my gosh (laughs) 
Stop. We're not. We're not old. <laughs> but yeah, that's a bit about me. Well, um, I think it's really unique, like our our friendship, because I mean, we met in college. It was very just like normal how you meet people. Um, fun fact: Samantha was in a sorority. I rushed a sorority and joined for like 15 minutes and like then was like peaced out because it just was not my thing I, I I love it for other people it just like didn't fit my personality and but I'm I'm super thankful for it because I met Samantha through it I met like a few other friends through it so that was that was a great part of it um and then in 2012 I moved away um funny before I had come to Memphis. I had moved away once before. I moved to Austin, Texas right after I graduated high school, lived there for almost a year, came back, started at the University of Memphis. Yeah, right. Came back, started at the University of Memphis, met Samantha, (laughs) left University of Memphis, moved to Bowling Green, and here we are. And then, Samantha, you moved to LA back in 2017? 2018. But then when you moved, yeah, but when you moved back, I ended up moving to St. Louis for grad school in like yes. 2012, yeah. 2014. Yeah. So we've both kind of like been all over the place. So we kind of determined early on in our friendship whether or not like we actually wanted to be friends or not because it required an effort. <laughs> and, you know, it wasn't just like, oh, I see you once a week, you know, whatever. It required an effort. And this was before like, quote unquote, online friendships like were a thing, you know, like, yeah, these like Twitter wasn't quite what it is now, like podcasts I don't even know if they existed back then like there just was not this like big online community like there is now unless you were like really into tumblr which that's a whole nother thing um but but, (laughs) like I think one thing we talked about so much right after I moved right after you moved like was the friendships that we thought that we were going to have for a long time they just kind of like dissipated because Mm -hmm. like you know you just wouldn't hear from them for a while or when you would like there would be this big disconnect of like oh well I've got my life here and you're not here anymore so like what's the point and yeah I get that like I get that like there are some friendships that are not gonna be those like long time like lifer friendships right we somehow struck a balance and you know you would I would come back to Memphis to visit you know we try to kind of time our visits around each other because Mm -hmm. um like especially at Christmas and stuff I'm like okay I'm planning to take off work when are you going to be in Memphis because like it it would just be so silly for like us to not you know see each other when we're each other yeah and then I went to LA to see you back in I was like 2018 yeah it was like not long after you moved yeah yeah um so I I went to visit you we went to Disneyland and we went to all like the touristy spots and all the little hipster spots and it was so much fun that traumatizing photo oh my gosh yeah if maybe when I post this podcast I'll also share the photo of us on the Incredicoaster because we did not have a great time (laughs) it was fun but we were scared um but but yeah so anyway uh, I think something that I've just always known about you. Like I think of social media, I think of Samantha Fong. Like I'm like, she understands <laughs> it. You are like, you stay up to date on things. Like if I need to know about something, if I need to understand what a slang term means, I'm just like, I'll just text Samantha. She'll know. And I'm sure most of the time, I mean, 
you get texts from me and you're like, she's 87 years old. What? Why is she asking I me this question? <laughs> it's fine. Um, but you keep you keep me young, even though you're older than me. Um, it's fine. <laughs> By like a year. Okay. And a half. All right. Yeah. 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 Whatever. Um, but so with what you do, how important would you say social media is? interesting because like I personally like social media for myself more than I like doing it like as a job Mm -hmm. I don't hate what I'm doing I think it's great and I think it's awesome but for me I think that as a business and if you're like running an account for like a company or a person it's really important to kind of like build a community within that Mm -hmm. which is what I do anyway like on my personal social media so I guess it's like comes like twofold Mm-hmm. Um, for both and what ties in but I think yeah like it's really just important to like educate people like stay true to like your voice don't try to be anything you're not um, I try to be very much like as transparent as I am on my personal when I do business and run stuff for other accounts mm-hmm. because I don't want and to get like misconstrued if you see so many like fake like ad posts where things just don't sound sincere and like when I like look at it from the professional side, I'm like, you have to do the same voice, like be educated, be mindful and just like build that community. Cause yeah. at the end of the day, like, you're not probably ever going to meet everyone who reads your post on the other side of the screen or right. like to know who it's personally. So it's really important that you get that early on. So like they continue to trust you and continue to like consume your content, I right. guess. Yeah. Well, and I mean, do you feel like you experience a lot more burnout than maybe the average person because you're on social media personally and for work? Yeah, like I had to do it to where like I timed myself like on my personal and my business account that Mm -hmm. early on when I started, it was easy for me to like just scroll through my personal stuff because it was like me keeting up with friends, looking to see what everyone else was up to. Right. That's like super like mindful and like cognizant and like make sure that once I was done looking at my personal stuff to log into the company account, like things, do that kind of stuff. And I'm like, it shouldn't be this hard. Like I do this for myself. You know what I mean? Like I shouldn't like, shouldn't feel like extra brain power to do it for like a company if I'm already on, you know, like Instagram, on TikTok, on Twitter, whatever it is and like find the content. But it just seemed like it was, like, an extra step. Now I've gotten better at it. I don't know if I'm, like, not, like, trained myself to be better, but it doesn't bother me as much as it used to um, well, than it and, did, like, when I first started. Well, I think a lot of it, too, is, like, because, I mean, I've seen you kind of, like, go through this journey and, like, figuring out your balance. And because, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, like, I think people think, oh, well, it's social media. You're just posting a picture. You're just doing this. But anybody who, like, has their own business or – like works in social media outside of just having a personal account, whether you have, you know, 10 followers or 10,000 followers, whatever, you're having to create a voice, create a community. And it's not just you as a person talking. It's like you're representing this brand. And so whether it's your own brand or, you know, it's it's another brand for a company like what you're doing, you have to represent that, but you still also have to be true to yourself. So it's like you're working from two sides of your brain simultaneously. So like it's it's right. super exhausting. And so with with that, do you think that would you consider social media to be more like good than bad or more bad than good? 
I think it's still good more than bad for me. I think it takes, it gives you like the opportunity to educate people. So like, I guess unless you do, like you said before, work in social media, a lot of people don't realize like the amount of like research that goes into content planning. Mm -hmm. Like it looks easy, like just to find a picture and find a story you know, to post and talk about it. We have to make sure that like, everything has a source. It just can't be me like spitballing something that I've read from like a blog. And so I'll find a content that I would want and have to look at the blog and then find like two additional like research articles to back up what I'm trying to say or what mm -hmm. I want to convey. And people don't realize that like, that's what people do when they create content on social media. It just looks easy because it looks like we just found a photo and talked about it. But mm -hmm. I've seen, you know, so many things that have come out of social media that have been like really beneficial as far as like even me like not professionally but like personally like I post things for like organizations that I'm passionate about and people like donate and support my cause or like get really involved through that way mm -hmm. um so for me it definitely is like more positive um than bad and I told you before too like I would not have moved to like LA if it wasn't for social media I met these people who like love One Direction like randomly through you know, Twitter, just, yeah. like, from following people. We all, like, somehow met each other through the internet. And, like, now these people are, like, some of, like, my best friends. And, like, the one reason I had no problem moving, you know, like, across the country to, like, be with them because they were there. And, like, it was just easy. Like, they're exactly the kind of people that they were, like, online than they are in real life, too. Yeah. Okay, so talking about friends that you have in real life that you met on social media – or just friends that, you know, you consider just online friends, whatever. What to you like makes a friendship? It goes back honestly to what you said before, like with them, I think because we met online and we both all had like different things going on before. Like we, when we see each other and make time for each other, it's like nothing has changed. Kind of mm -hmm. like our friendship. And um, that's something that I really appreciate because like you talked about, how sometimes like friendships we thought like would continue to be strong like kind of fizzled out towards the end mm -hmm. and that sort of thing like with them like there is none of that I don't right. have to worry about us not becoming friends like not ever not being friends because we kind of had our own thing to begin with met through like one common thing mm -hmm. um or like one common interest come back when we have time to see each other and it's like nothing has happened right. like I had drinks and dinner with my friend Kate in Los Angeles and we met like she was probably the first I think like Twitter friend I met in real life mm -hmm. like when I was like job hunting in LA she messaged me I was like if you're going to the Nile show like let's meet up and yeah. we had never met each other like ever and we hung out for like three hours outside the Palladium in LA like <laughs> in the venue and we just kind of kept in touch she went to see Taylor Swift with me like we hadn't seen each other probably like about a year because of the pandemic mm -hmm. and we finally saw each other again and literally was like nothing had changed. Like she's still the same Kate that I know, like we are still like very much the same level of friendship. And that's yeah. something that I can tell that's different that has set even like my online friendships apart than like some of the people that I know in real life. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I think that proximity doesn't necessarily define friendship. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, just talking about me and you even, I mean, there's right. people that, you know, live right down the road from me that like, I wouldn't share things with that I've shared with you, you know? And mm -hmm. I mean, there's, there, there are times in our friendship where we will talk like every day, almost all day. And then we'll go like 
months with like here and there obviously interacting on social media whatever but like and then just brought back up and it's not like I'm like well Samantha's not my friend anymore because she doesn't text me every day like to me every friendship has different levels too though like you've got those people that you talk to every day like consistently but like things ebb and flow and I think Mm-hmm. you know communicating expectations with people is important too because if I ever felt like oh well like did I do something to Samantha like is she like we haven't talked in a while like are we good and you know I can reach out to you and be like hey like just wanted to see if we're good haven't heard from you in a while you know whatever right. and because we all go through stuff you know and and we we also talked about a couple days ago the people that um maybe decide that they don't want to speak to us anymore and they but they go about it in like a unhealthy way and um I think it's just really important whether it's a you know in-person friendship online friendship romantic relationship whatever it is communication is so important especially in the digital age which is so much of what this episode is about about like things can get misconstrued. You can send a text and mean it one way and somebody reads it and they like get really upset about it. But if you don't tell that person that they're upset, like that they said something that upset you, you're just going to be mad and they're not going to know about it. So because there's no body language, there's no like facial reaction because it's Mm -hmm. via text message, you know? So I think like there are so many positives to like, online communication and like the digital age but there's also negatives too because you can end up like getting your feelings hurt like ending a friendship ending a relationship because of perception to tie in you know a previous episode you perceived that this person was responding to you in whatever way and because of that you're like oh okay we'll forget them like I don't want to be their friend if they can't text me back but they can like be all over social media and replying to people well then forget them when in reality maybe they just forgot to hit send or you know like they just they didn't maybe they're having like a bad day right thing and they're just like it's easier for me to like share something that i think is really funny on instagram than to like really have a whole conversation yeah about what i want to say to you which is like i get to but i'm one of those people who is like Cool, like I acknowledge it, but I'll have to come back to it later just because right. I think I do that at my professional life, that I do that mm-hmm. at my personal life too. Yeah. But again, like not everyone's like that. So right. like sometimes, you know, like yeah, I think you have to take when people cause people get like really offended. Mm-hmm. And like I've seen like sub posts about that where they're like from like not even my friends, I've just seen in general, like yeah. other people that I know, like that I've seen like just random like tweets. But it's like yeah. So you have time to post on Instagram, but you don't have time to answer me. Like, that kind of thing. And then, like, you'll go look at that person's Instagram post, and it's, like, one one off, like, quote or something they shared to their story. And I'm, like, just because someone shared a post that they found, like, insightful or, like, interesting doesn't mean that they're not going to not respond to you. Like, maybe whatever you said to them at the time, just, like, they can't, like, mentally handle it right now. Yeah, like, I mean, you just, you don't know what other people are going through. And also, if yeah. you, if you think that, if you're like, oh, you can't text me back, but you can be on social media, talk to Talk to them about it. Right. Yeah. Be like, hey, like, I did I do something? Like, are you good? Because, like, you can't just make an assumption. Like, I mean, you know, the age old saying, you know what happens when you assume you make an ass out of you <laughs> and me. <laughs> But, like, it's, that's stupid, but it's true, because, like, you, 
you assume that somebody like, you know, oh, they hate me because they didn't reply to me or I got a short reply. One, they may be dealing with some stuff. Two, they may have thought that your message was like completely rhetorical and like you were just were saying a bunch of things and like you're good. And but like, even if that's yeah, they the might case, have not thought that it needed right, an exactly. Like, cool. Like, I acknowledge it. I didn't know I had to respond. Exactly, but that's also a personal thing. Some other people are probably listening to this and they're like, I don't. Why do you need reassurance? But that's why communication in the digital age is so incredibly important because if someone is being a certain way with their communication and you have an online friendship or online relationship with them, or even real life, and this is via text message, whatever, you have to talk to them. You cannot expect someone to be inside of your brain and understand, like, what you're thinking and how you're feeling. You can say, hey, like, I just sent you three paragraphs. Can you, like, at least respond (laughs) or, like, let me know that, like, you're breathing on the earth and, you know, don't, like, text me back six hours later with, like, a completely different subject and like completely ignore yeah. what I just said. But like you have yeah, to that tell people that. thing that I realized like it was during the pandemic and it's not even like with like anyone in particular, but it was just like certain like mental things where I would tell like a group of people and sometimes it got like overlooked. Mm-hmm. Does that make yep. like, Oh yeah. Chat, like a group chat. In or a something. group chat. Yeah. You like, you like dump yeah. something in there and then they're just like, silence and then they send like a tiktok about a dog f- yes. 15 minutes later and it's like oh yes oh, and you're like okay like not that i and it's like hard it's like invalidating me. almost yes yeah and like for me like i rarely have those like i don't call them like low moments but, like moments where like i'm like self-reflecting and like thinking about something and like i talk it through and like it's really like i have these like one-offs probably like every month and i'm like okay like this is just really overwhelming right now. Mm-hmm. Like, let me just like text to these this group where I think they're gonna understand or yeah. like, empathize or like just like give me some like I don't know like reassurance or whatever. Say more then, than like, oh that sucks. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Or like, well, you'll be fine. Like that's not the response I need. I know I'll be fine. Just tell me like, hey, I'd love to go through this with you, but like I've got some stuff that I'm dealing with. Like, let's talk about that. Like, can we table this discussion and like get back to it? Would love yeah. to support you, don't but like, you know. Yeah. Don't need to hear, oh, you'll be fine. I also don't need to hear, well, you like, you're a bad bitch, so you'll be fine. I don't need that either. Like, that, right. no, too. I don't need any of that. Right. Like, I know I'll be okay. I just need you. Sometimes to, you like, just need to vent about it. In the moment. Yeah, yeah, I need to be upset with me for one thing in the moment, and then I can move on. Like, right. Like, just time. let me be upset. Let me be upset, yeah. be upset yeah. with me, and then, like, we can move through it. Yeah, exactly. I'm, like, it's, so, like, that's probably the one Gemini behavior I have, one of many, but, like, <laughs> not amazing. One I'll, of like, many. I'll, like, it for, like, five minutes, and then I'll be fine. Yeah. Sometimes you need to just, like, yell via, like, voice text to your best friend and then be, like, okay, thank you so much for listening. Sorry I screamed at you. I feel a lot better. How's your yeah. day? <laughs> you know? Exactly. Well, once again, thank you for joining me and taking time out of your day to sit down and talk about social media and communication and the digital age and friendships and all that good stuff. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. 
All right, so before I get off of here, it is time to choose next week's episode topic. So I've got my Marc Gasol souvenir cup with all the topics in it here. I'm going to shake it up and see what we got. All right, next week's topic is heroes, both real and fiction, and what are heroes say about us so thank you guys so much for listening if you liked this week's episode and you'd like to support the podcast please subscribe share it with your friends post about it on social media or leave a rating and review and as always you can find me on instagram at kelsey klein and on twitter at kelsey underscore klein thanks again i'll see y'all next week